Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 111 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan. Yes, that's me. And in just a moment, your main host, Brandon Cunningham, is going to join us. And today we're going to talk about a book that we both recently read called The Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. Now, if you have not read The Last Lecture, it was written by a college professor, university professor, who knew he was dying from cancer that had metastasized. And in that book, he, he shares his insights about how to live a full life. So in, we're going to just share with you some of the takeaways we've had from reading the book. And hopefully you can go out and get a copy for yourself, check it out, and let it inspire you to live a full life, an abundant life. Here we go. Basically, what we wanted to do tonight was to get in here and uh, talk about some of the things we're reading, because throughout this whole year, different people we talked to, uh, some writers, some, uh, you know, explorers, and, and then some people that redo houses and just fly all over the place and do some great things. One of the fundamental parts of all of those people and our relationship to them is they all read. They yeah. all understand the importance of books. And we were having a conversation the other day on Facebook, and I think it was started by Sean, and he was asking, had anybody read the last lecture? Oh, yeah. And and we were just like, wait a minute. How could you have not read the last lecture? Because Sean reads all the time, you know, at the public library because he's cheap. But he does like to read. And uh, so wrong. I know you go to the library, too. A lot. <laughs> I, I'm just too lazy to go to the cheap place. So, you know, uh, but the last lecture is this great just it it's not a big book it's not a thick book but it is just heavy heavy with content it's powerful they're, they're, right i for some reason couldn't come up with the word powerful i don't know why <laughs> so it's written by randy posh who was dying of cancer at the time so that's why it's called the last lecture it's the story of what led up to him giving his last lecture i believe at carnegie mellon university right. and I, it, it's powerful because you can feel the sense of urgency that he's writing in it you know right. that, that he's putting into the book it's He's sharing his life stories. He's talking about his childhood, what shaped him, how his parents impacted his life uh, for the positive. So frugality, right. uh, intellect, that, you know, property is just stuff. Right. You know, and, and then from there, what mattered most? Because he knew what didn't matter, he was able to shape what does matter. And I'm not going to give away what his, his lessons in life were, but he's passing these lessons on. He's talking about the events that lead up to the lecture, the lecture itself. And I just you thought, should totally wow. YouTube that too, because that is a really good lecture. Yeah, and I, I believe he still has it on the web. Uh, well, his wife has it on the web. Right. The thelastlecture dot com, I think, is the website. Oh. So it has the YouTube video directly there. And so what started this conversation that we're having right now is that a couple of weeks back, or maybe a week ago, I was in my hammock, and I just posted a picture on Facebook. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was me holding that book saying, I'm finally getting some good reading in. We had some cool weather here in Corpus Christi. It was like actually in the sixties. <laughs> Anything and, below 80. We're like, Ooh, winter. Yeah, cool. It's like, Oh, we got air conditioning outside. Let's go. And everybody else is like, Oh, it's so hot. It's, you know, and we're like, dude, we, we don't get much weather like this. So I was outside in my hammock reading the last lecture and I posted a picture of it on, on Facebook. I almost said on the Facebook, <laughs> on the and, interwebs, on the interwebs. And that's where Sean came forward and said, Hey, 
is that book any good? And you, oh, you said, yeah, you should read it. There was another comment on there. It was uh, a good friend of my wife's, a good friend of our family, uh, Jessica, and uh, her father had passed away from cancer. And she had said uh, on Facebook, and I, I hope mm-hmm. she's okay with me sharing this. And uh, I think it, so. I, I'm saying it to honor her father because, right. um, you know, he apparently had this same book on his nightstand while he was battling cancer. Right. And Jessica's sharing with us on Facebook that her father never got around to reading it. <laughs> and uh, he, he eventually passed away. And then Jessica, you know, got the book and she said it took a while, but she eventually got through it. And after I myself got through that book, I thought, <laughs> you know, I don't think that book was meant for her dad, for Polo right. to, to read. That book wasn't for him to read. Mm-hmm. It, it was for her. And, uh, and it's not about dying. It's no. about living. It, you yeah, know, exactly. We read these stories that, you know, there's this guy who wrote this book and it's kind of sad. He's dying. And I, that's not this one at all. No. He is absolutely celebrating childlike and happy for where he's going in life and where he's at. And he doesn't regret or, or, or cry or whine about any moment. And yeah. that's the best part of it. Now I'll admit I was crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, especially as I got closer to the end, I'm like, Oh man, yeah. come on. Tell me you pull through. I'm like, I know. No, Jerry, it, it's terminal. It was, it is cancer metastasized. And, and I think he yeah. says that in the first few pages, yeah, of, you know, so you know, the, front. this ends yeah. this way. No question about yeah. it. There's no cure, no treatment, nothing. And it's kind of like, you know, if you ever get a chance to watch either soldiers coming home, surprising their kids or dogs that, greet their soldier coming home and you always cry at those. I don't know why, but it's just, you know, it's guaranteed you're going to tear up. That's kind of what this is because it also gives you a great introspective on your life. Yeah. What are you really focused on that doesn't matter? Yeah. And that's what he basically cut out of his life. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I don't want to give away too much in the book, but I mean, it's just, he does say that there are things that he and his wife did that they would never have done if he didn't have this, this right. uh, diagnosis and prognosis. And because of it though, because they knew how much time they had, they lived, they, yeah. uh, they, they tried to squeeze as much life into the time they had. It, it, it's almost like some of the guys we've had on the show, like uh, Benjamin Hardy, uh, you know, when he talked about slipstream um, living, you know, yeah. like, you know, what you can do in 10 years, why don't you live that in about two to three years or even right. one year. And, and that's kind of what he did, but he still connected with, really who and what mattered most. So. And he has a line in the book too. I don't remember. I won't say it as good as he says it, but he basically says, don't look at me as an example of how to live. Just live because we all have a diagnosis that we're dying. Everybody across the board is dying. The only question is, do you have a day, a week, a month, a decade, or, you know, 50 years left? Who knows? But you absolutely are dying. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's what a hundred percent death rate in, yeah, exactly. in the United States. hundred percent mortality rate. I think there was a, there's a billboard in Florida somewhere. I, I remember it from going to Orlando that says that, you know, there's a hundred percent mortality rate. Enjoy the sunshine state or something like that. You know, I'm like, well, there you go. And everybody moves down there to retire. So I don't know why anybody would put that billboard up, but uh, I, I love there. There's a couple of things that I do want to share specifically from the book because it turns out he had written some, some dreams down yeah. and as he's telling his story, you, you realize he's lived pretty much all of them except one, and that was to play in the NFL. Right. And, I mean, he he realized after a while, like, he did not have the uh, physical <laughs> stature, ability, nor the will to get that kind of ability. Uh, and so he was he was content with not playing in the NFL. But everything else on his, his dream list, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, 
came to fruition. And, and I, I think he cool. says it has nothing to do with the cancer as to why he's not in the NFL. He's yeah. like, <laughs> I, he is a super smart guy with just incredible, I mean, brain power outside of the perspective of just this book. But he says somewhere, maybe in a video, he's like, you know, if you've never seen me, I'm exactly the nerd you think I am. Because you know, he's a skinny, tall dude that looks like he probably is a professor at Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. Know? And um, I also do want to share when he was when he finally got married and he was going on his honeymoon, it, his the university told him, you need to be reachable by your students and by other faculty you will have a way to be reached. So set up your, e- your voicemail, set up your email, let us know how we're going to stay in touch with you. So all he did was he set up voicemail and he says on the voicemail, uh, it, uh, how do you put it? He said, uh, because I got married late in life at 39, uh, I'm going on my honeymoon and this is, this is where we're going. However, if you need to reach me badly enough, here is the number to my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and go ahead and contact them and explain, I'm paraphrasing, right. and explain to them why it's so important for you to interrupt their only daughter, their princess, <laughs> on her honeymoon to get a hold of me. I love that. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. And I just loved it. Just the the, the audacity of it, the exactly. snarkiness. Like, hey, I left a way for myself to be reached. Exactly. That's the way to do it. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. The fact you didn't want to cross that path to get there is not on me. Yeah. I provided it. You <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good, I think, for our audience to to hear stuff like that, because we all have been either you're currently in or you've been in that position where maybe you thought this or maybe your boss told you this. I need to be able to get a hold of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter what, even if you're on vacation, you yeah. know, you have to be reachable. And for some of us, and I've certainly been guilty of this, too, in the past, I thought I needed to be accessible to everybody, you mm-hmm. know, and and it it just almost killed me a couple of times in life because I I would let every phone call come in, every text, every email, and I would respond. And yeah, and I had a conversation one time with the lady. Um and I'm forgetting your name, but oh, Kendra Kennison. Yeah. And I was asking her, I said, Hey, can we have a conversation one day? Uh, just kind of give me some tips on what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. And she was just kind of one of those trusted voices that you need in your life, uh, that didn't benefit from being nice to me or anything like that. So she'd give me an honest opinion. Mm-hmm. And so we were Skyping one day and, uh, my phone kept making noise and she's like, what is that? And I said, well, it's my phone. You know, why does your phone make noise? Uh, that's the way they built it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought everybody's phone does that. And she goes, no, you're not the president of the United States. You're not a brain surgeon. Turn that stuff off. And literally, to this was probably six years ago. To this day, my phone only makes noise if it's my wife or one of the kids. I in my garage if it's left open because I have five kids. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't get every text message, every alert on Facebook and everything else. I don't, it doesn't make any noise. Yeah. And I love that because it just changed my perspective of, I don't need to give you 24 hour access to me. And I'm, I'm volunteering that up. Yeah. Why would I do that? And the way he set that up, it's like, okay, I'm giving you access, but you have to put some money into this. I mean, you had to put some effort in Yeah. and you don't get to just pick up the phone. Hey, Jerry, you know, answer the phone. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way anymore. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, 
into Capshow and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, and along those lines, because I learned that you do that, pretty much everything on my phone doesn't even have notifications. I turned off the notifications on almost everything on my phone. Right. I think the only exceptions are like text messages, and I usually have my ringer off. Right. So I, I do miss like half the calls that come from my wife too. I love being <laughs> in a room when everybody's phone's making noise and they're like, was that yours? I know it wasn't mine. It wasn't and, mine. Because they have their own text yeah. and tone. So I know it's them and they have their own ringtone. So yeah. I know that when it's one of my family members, otherwise, and you know, I, I'm, I'm almost positive my mom doesn't listen to this because she doesn't have podcasting material stuff. So <laughs> she'd never figure that out. But it doesn't do it with her either. It's like, that's just not something. Facebook was one of those things that it's like, oh, I have three notifications. It's like, well, so big deal. And But I'm up front with people. If you need me and it's important, call me and I'll answer the phone. If you just want to tell me something, text me. And if you just want to give me information, email it. And then I'll read it when I read it. Yeah. But I don't read every email as soon as it comes in. I don't get all my notifications on everything either because what's the point? I'm not, yeah. I don't need to be accessed that much. And what he realized in life, uh, and this was before he even got his diagnosis, was I have a limited amount of time because I got married late mm-hmm. to spend with this woman and and build a family. I'm not wasting it on your question about some paper in my class. You yeah. Know? <laughs> got teaching assistance for that. Uh, you've got books. Go look it up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, really amazes me. And, and, you know, if I were to flip on my, my ringer, I I really wouldn't know what it sounds like. Right. Yeah. Unless I was looking at it when you called me, but I mean, I keep it off that much and it drives a lot of folks nuts. I mean, even my own family, if I get a call from a number, I don't even recognize it. I don't have to answer that. Right. And I, and I don't, I just, you know, dismiss it and put my phone down and, and my, live. She was like, Jerry, aren't you going to answer that call? I'm like, no. Yeah. It's like, why not? I'm like, well, if it's somebody I know, their name would be on it. <laughs> and if it's a number, I, so if it's a number I know to, with somebody I know, there'll be a name on it. If it's a, uh, uh, what do you call them? The, the, the spam callers, the, uh, oh, yeah. telemarketers. telemarketers. Yes. If it's one of those guys, if they're dumb enough to leave a message, then I know their number and I add it to the block. I've got a, I got a contact list, either spam or scam or telemarketer. Like the iPhone, you can block that number and never come uh, up again. <laughs> see, I just now switched to iPhone. So I got to learn that one. It's, and it's probably right there too, huh? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll work on that one. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, I just, I ignore the calls that come from numbers I don't recognize and it just blows my wife's mind. And she's like, why don't you answer that? I'm like, where's the law that says I have to answer that call? Right. <laughs> you know, they're calling me. I don't know who they are. They're interrupting me. And the people who are most important to me are in this room right here. So now, if, if you're a doctor or you're on call or a fireman, then by all means, answer your phone. If that's part of your job, yeah. we're not saying ignore what your responsibilities are. We're just saying own. Or if you're our lawyer, by the way, because yeah, exactly. we're, we're probably in jail and we're delicate and we need you to get us out. Yeah, so. absolutely. You know, we're just saying own your own personal space. Don't give it away for free and and just voluntarily. And that's what this podcast is all about. You know, you break free and, and make 
make your own path because otherwise you're just living somebody else's dream. You're living by somebody else's rules. You got to dress like this, act like this, like this or whatever. And it's like, no, you don't. You know, we had an interesting conversation at dinner. My uh, oldest son and uh, was over and was sitting there. My wife said something about, did you hear something about Broadway or something? He goes, nope, because I don't care. And I don't ever even think about it. I'm (laughs) like, exactly. I'm not knocking Broadway. I, I will probably go there at some point or another, but he was just like, I'm not wasting my time with stuff I don't care about, yeah. you know, and, and why should you? And that's the great story of Randy is he, he just, he wrote this short book. And I think he even says in there too, the book's not long because he didn't want you to waste a lot of time reading it. He wants you to live. And so you've got to go out there and find some things that really make you passionate, that make you want to do stuff. And, you know, one of the things that, that I try to challenge people on. And you and I had talked about this a while back is, is I'll, I'll call a friend or call somebody and, and or in the middle of a conversation and say, you know, what are you reading? What do you, what do you, what's God teaching you? What, how's your Bible study? The friends of mine that are Christians that I know that, you know, care about that stuff. I asked that, I obviously wouldn't ask somebody that didn't care about that, but, uh, people I've been given permission to, I guess is a better way to say, yeah. it. uh, you know, what are you reading? What are you studying and stuff? And somebody asked me that the other day, and and fortunately, I'd been studying. So, And I try not to bring too much of that into this podcast because I don't want this to be – it's not that I'm trying not to be, but I don't want it to be just about – the Bible or church or anything like that, but it is a huge part of our lives, obviously, yeah, but you are a pastor <laughs> yeah. when you're not at work. So it's kind of my thing, you know, <laughs> but one of the things I was reading, uh, that God was showing me that I just thought was so, uh, good for this podcast and what we were talking about tonight comes from Psalm 32, three. And it says, you know, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. How many of us are walking out of a job, just groaning and groaning, you know, and it's just your bones, you feel like you're wasting away at life. Or when you sit on the couch all day watching Netflix or just TV and you get up and you're just like sore. I wish I could be like him really. Cause you never got off the couch and did anything. Exactly. Yes. And verse four, it says, for for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Now, understand the importance of that biblically is probably take me like an hour and you that's another podcast. Maybe we'll do someday. But the, the part about, you know, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Think about when you're working outside and it's really hot. You're just like, you don't have any energy. You just don't want to keep going. Mm-hmm. But it, when I acknowledged my sin, taking the theology out of that and just saying, when you acknowledge the fact that you're not working on your own dream, that's where the passion, the energy comes from. If you're doing something for somebody else, you've got to acknowledge the fact yeah. I'm not living my life. I'm doing everything you want. I'm doing everything they need. I'm do. I'm taking care of all of them and I'm taking care of all of them, but I'm not living for me. Mm-hmm. That's when your strength gets sapped. That passion just goes away. Yeah. And we had Amy Cunningham on the show long ago and she talked about compassion yep. fatigue and she equated exactly. it to like... When you when you get the safety briefing on an airplane, a passenger flight, <laughs> they tell you that if the the cabin depressurizes, that these masks will drop down, and what they want you to do is to put the mask on yourself first, make sure you're breathing, then assist the child next to you or assist the you know the family member next to you or just the stranger, whoever it is, but h- take care of yourself first so you can take care of the person next to you. Right. And we we seem to have it around the you know the other way right. around that we must take care of others or else. Uh, we're just selfish people. So there's that camp. And then there's the other camp. I'm just going to be selfish. 
Yeah, I'm not going to do anything I'm not for anybody. Getting, yeah, I'm not exactly. And the, the reality is, it's it's kind of both. You, you got to take care of you. Right. Yes, you got to be a little selfish. You got to be maybe a lot selfish, so that you can serve others, so that you can help others. Right. And um, you know, selfish in that context is actually pretty selfless. I think. I think that's why. I, I tried to rescue the word selfish back years and years ago because, you know, it's like, well, if you're selfish, you're bad. It's like, no, that's not true at all. I I can't be the, the father I want to be if I'm not selfish enough to take care of myself because yeah. I'm not going to be here very long. Or if I'm not selfish enough to say, I've got to make plans. I've got to pull away from you to go make plans for my life and and to make sure I'm doing the things that I need to do to be in their lives, you know, same thing for work or relationships or just friendships or whatever it is. If you're not adding something, then you're taking something away. And we all need somebody that can hold us up when we can't hold ourselves up and all of that. I'm not speaking to that. I'm just saying we all walk out of these jobs sometimes and just go, Oh, I hate every minute of, and you walk to your car, you get in your car and you're just like, Oh, I hate everything about this job and what I'm doing with my life. And, you know, I, I, but I've got enough money, so I can't leave. I've got to keep working here. And what, you know, not only is God's word saying it, but we're saying it and really successful and happy people that find that joy, find that peace in their life are people who have broken out of it, confessed to whatever God you want. I obviously have an opinion on it, but confess to somebody else, your friend, your spouse, your neighbor, somebody, I've got to do something about this. Yeah. Then this is this is key. Get out your pencil and paper. Go do that thing. What? <laughs> Don't just plan, but do. So it's like action? Action. You've got it. You know, whenever we were uh, talking uh, about this time last year, I guess, I was probably a little further into December and we were talking about planning and calendars and all of that thing. Uh, if, if you're not planning out your own life, somebody else is. Oh, yeah. You know, you can... We, and I'm all my references revolve around kids cause I've got too many of them, <laughs> but you know, I, I've always watched them and just thought, yeah, whenever I get to this certain point, I'm going to get to do whatever I want. And, and I've always told them, so there, there will be things that happen either by your choice or by somebody else's. The only question is how much authority are you going to give somebody else over your life? And that includes, you know, you and another guy walking into a mall and stealing some stuff. Now you've given him authority to get you in trouble and your life's going to be kind of dictated to that. Or like Eric Giuliani, you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to give myself permission to just break out of this and I'm going to take some pictures and I'm going to travel and I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Too many of us. and, And this is really at the heart of Randy's book is Break out and own your life. Quit blaming others. You know, I, I, I say it too much and the, everybody hates it, I'm sure, at this point. But if you're over 25 years old, you can't blame your parents anymore. You know, and if you're a parent of somebody over 25 that's super successful, don't take credit for all of it anymore either. Yeah. And if your kid's 35 and not successful at all, don't take all the blame either. You know, <laughs> at, at 25, it's really up to you. You know, now I know there's kids that have, you know, grown up in extreme poverty that have gone on to do unbelievable things. And I know there's people that have grown up in extreme wealth that have gone on to do stupid things. Oh, yeah. So it's all up to you what you do with this life. Eric Giuliani was a great example. Didn't necessarily have all the skills and brains and everything else. But he went out there and did it. Yeah. And and Randy's one of those guys. He he was handed a, a, a bad diagnosis, but he didn't just sit down and go, well. 
It's all my parents' fault. <laughs> he's still inspiring thousands and thousands of people after his death. Right. And, and he's been gone for years. Yeah. You know? And going back to Eric Giuliani's story, uh, you know, he did something for him to travel the world, to take photos of it. And in doing that, he actually wound up serving other people. There were right. hotel chains. There were people who were inspired to travel because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people inspired to do photography because of him. And so right. he helped people by going out and taking care of himself. And it's just, it's neat that we came up with this this dialogue around the good book. So, uh, what else are you reading besides uh, the good book over there? Now, did you read the whole Bible, or were you just focused on that passage in the Psalm? Well, I have read the whole Bible. Oh, yeah, if that's yeah. what you mean. <laughs> I mean, recently. That's uh, actually the the I, I'm studying through the Psalms right now, and that's kind of where I've I've been going. And uh, I'm on Psalm 32. Well, I'm actually a little past that, mostly because this happened the other day. But uh, just studying through it, you know, to to not Bible nerd out on too many people at the same time. It's like the Psalms are basically just prayers out loud prayers that, mm-hmm. you know, you can pray as you kind of go. And, and so many of us are struggling with something that I understand why you are happy and you're passionate and you're doing what you love, but it's not for me. And, and that's not at all what God intended for your life. God intended for you to go out and live a life, yeah. not you to watch other people, not for you to comment or, or like or heart something on Instagram or Facebook. But in addition to that, go out and live your life. And, that's that's really what to me I get out of God's word. It's just that it it's not just an instruction book of not do this, not do that. You know, we you know, say you know I, I I don't drink, I don't chew, and I don't date girls who do. It's an old Baptist thing that we used to talk about. <laughs> but you know, it's it's not a rule book on what not to do. It's a permission book on what to do, how yeah. to live abundantly, and. Even though I'm not completely sure on everybody's faith that we've interviewed this year and talked to, but every one of them have that one common thread is, you know, they live abundantly, not perfectly, not a hundred percent of the time joyous and and happy and and wealthy and everything else. I know. And not beyond their means, like abundantly financially, but abundantly, like they're getting the most out of it. Right. They, They live where they're at, you know, and, and we know more of the story, obviously, than we've put out on the podcast to most everybody that we've interviewed and and they all have that one common thread is they just live in their lives they don't they they're not super wealthy they're not broke but they they live where they're at and i think if anybody listening to this podcast gets anything from us aside from you know send us a bunch of money and and recommend us to your friends (laughs) is is live your life you know jerry's life is only good for Jerry. Brandon's is only good for Brandon. And you can take pieces maybe and some things you hate or like or whatever about it, but we need your life. And if you don't ever live your life, you're taking something from the rest of the people mm-hmm. in the world. Because it's like you were talking about Eric Giuliani. Whenever he traveled, he talked about one of the big things were the people he met. He had some relationships now with people in Siberia and Australia oh, and yeah. all these places. And you can't have that if you're just stuck in that rut and you never break out of it you will miss out on some incredible relationships with people that need to meet you or you need to be oh yeah (laughs) i just dropped the mic but not really because we didn't want to break it and it's on a microphone stand be sure to head over to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 111 there in our show notes you'll find a link to buy your own copy of the last lecture we're so glad you joined us and the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend 
a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Why? Just because you care. That's why. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Beyond the Rut next week. So until then, go live life beyond the rut. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.